Welcome to the What's Your Story podcast. Hi, I'm Ron Cogman from Brandon, and I welcome you to join us each week to explore stories in this real changing digital world. Stories from real business leaders, CEOs, and marketers, bringing to life all the topics to help grow your business and your brand. Join us each week, and I look forward to the story and the discussion. Hi, everyone. This is Ron Coughlin from the What's Your Story podcast and Branded. Today, I have my co-host on today, uh, Luke Quattro. Luke Quattro and I started this podcast almost a year ago, right out of the right out of the pandemic. And we started asking our friends and colleagues and customers about what they were doing to prepare for this new normal. And from that, we've taken a little bit of hiatus because the pandemic's been shut down. But we're back again with some some new episodes coming up shortly. Basically, a new season, season two, right? Right, Lou? Can believe that? We're season, season two. two. Yep, absolutely. And so today, Lou and I are going to frame up kind of where we're going with our podcast. So this podcast now, we're going to focus a lot around, this, you know, how companies are going to adjust in this new normal and shift their thinking so that they can come out of it ahead and come out of it almost uh, jump starting into the new future that's going to be happening out there. And so today I wanted us to talk to Lou about that because he's put together a bit of a framework around that that I think is going to be very helpful for a lot of organizations as they think strategically how to get out of this pandemic. So welcome again, Lou. Uh, so what is this thought you have? Something around structuring their companies on innovation and other things and culture. Why don't you just get into that with us a little bit and uh, what you've been thinking in this regard? Well, I'm just... You know, I'm aware and a bit of a student of culture, uh, as you know, Ron, and uh, I, I can't help but, but realize that uh, we're going through a profound change right now. The last year has catapulted us into a profound change. It was all, and I'm not talking about just our commerce and business. I'm talking about, you know, other aspects of societies. We haven't seen something like this since the modern day began 500 years ago. When you add to all that's going on with the pandemic, the fact that we are already doing free trade and deregulation and uh, globalization and uh, technological changes that, that we've, we've had to deal with and absorb, now you throw this on top of it. And, you know, how are companies supposed to react? It's, it's very difficult, and, and I believe that now, more than ever, companies need to look at creating a culture of innovation so that the new ideas are spitting out and being implemented in real time, you know, very quickly. Now, there are some management principles that require that you complete that with, like how do you treat your employees, but... But the big change is you've got to look at turning the organizational pyramid on its head and stop trying to believe that one guy, the CEO, is going to do all the thinking for what's next. You've got to change that brain to the wider brain, all, all of the employees. And that's, that, is a, that is a big change, but it's the start 
of trying to to get and uh, generate their insights, their entrepreneurialism, their ethics, everything above them, their creativity, and you will, you will, I believe you'll find an organization that's bubbling cauldrons of, of new ideas. And that requires dealing with command and control, getting rid of it. Those are things that just, that just clog the system in so, at so many levels. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, um, one of the things that companies have had to do over the last little while is give trust back to the organization. So part of their culture, you know, a lot of the CEOs were really afraid of, oh my goodness, all these people are going to go home and they're just going to, they're just going to mow their lawn and go shopping all day and not really be there for them. And they've had to shift their thinking that it's a flexible working environment, a different culture, giving trust back to employees and allowing them to really uh, flourish in this environment. And then really in an entrepreneurial environment, working on their own, uh, at home. And a lot of these workers today have been struggling with a couple other things that are getting in the way, and that is their kids haven't been able to go to school. So they have to homeschool on the side while they're trying to do business. Uh, and this has just become the norm. And it's it's nice that everybody's accepting it. You'll still see people uh, all awkward that their kids show up in their, in their meetings, but you know, it's just a common thing today. And everybody thinks it's great. So Yes. Uh, it's really shifted the thinking and, you know, technologies like Zoom or Microsoft Teams or even Google Hangout uh, have really provided an opportunity for people to still talk face to face and get together. Uh, and I think that's an important part of this whole thing right now. It's very hard for people not to have that personal connection with one another uh, in the offices. But at the same time, I think organizations have realized that they don't need to go to the office as often. And I think well, there's a lot of companies now rethinking their office space and do they really need what they have because, and are they gonna require people to go there five days a week, you know, nine to five sort of thing? You know, I don't think that's the case. I know that companies are re, you know, rethinking that as well right now and, and rethinking work at home policies, flexible work hours, big companies are thinking this through right now and it's a really interesting time. So what kind of structure do you think companies need to think about uh, to help them uh, move their decisions forward into this new normal? What do you think around this whole area? Well, I, I think they really need to come to grips with and accept at, at different levels, the big brain versus small brain concept. Are you gonna go with five guys at the top running the show and behaving conventionally and traditionally or are you going to literally turn it on its head and open it up to all the employees now when you do that that's a a great concept let's say or a great technical idea but how do you actually implement it so that it's functioning as part of the culture of the organization there are many different things that you can do once you start talking about it and you and you create what it is you want the employees to be. If you want them to be thinking about what's next and you set the legal and parameters and financial parameters for making decisions in real time and implementing them, then 
then just watch them. You do it and watch watch their smoke, if you will. You're going to you're going to start getting ideas left and right. Now, going from the culture as it is today, with 30 sign-offs and command and control and all the politics that goes with that, then um, you know I I think it starts to present a problem. I, I just got a signal that uh, that the internet connection is unstable. Is it all right, Ron? Yeah, it's okay now. You were breaking up a little bit, but we're good. We can keep going. It's all fine now. It's yeah. Okay now. Yeah. yeah. So the the whole people thing, like you and I, can understand what's going on, and so can everybody else. That this is complicating things, but it doesn't change the fact that organizations still have to compete in a much more difficult environment, and so they have to have a way of uh, envisioning this, this turning the the uh, company on it, the organization chart on its head, and you know what does that mean to the functioning of the organization, and also wanting everybody employed to act like the CEO. How are you going to actually communicate that rather than just words? Make it, make it a live manifested uh, uh, way of working so that it does become culturally ingrained. You know, there are a lot of aspects to this. Like my own personal one, like you said, trust, is I believe people have discovered that, CEOs have discovered that working at home with people they can trust, productivity goes up like 80%. And these are people who you've liberated. Obviously, they feel liberated and comfortable doing it their, their way, and their way is 80% more productive. So you help them help you liberate everybody else, so everybody else is thinking that way. Not so much for the productivity of 80%, but for where that productivity is directed. On the you know on the creative side, on the entrepreneurial side, on whatever side you wanted. You can ask, and you'll get ideas that will help you shape it and improve it. Yeah. Makes sense? Absolutely. You know, I think that, you know, a, cult of, a culture of innovation, which is supported through an entrepreneurial spirit, is really going to help any company today. As you said, by flattening the, the hierarchical structure of an organization uh, and, you know, kind of empowering everybody to be a boss of their own, I, I think is actually just happening naturally now in this pandemic world. Uh, people are Yes, it is happening naturally. Yes, but accepting it at the top and wanting it to happen and staying committed to it is the key. And, and the people side is just one aspect of it, and there are other tools that you, will help you achieve this. But there's also the client side and dealing with all, all the complexities that go with that and recognizing that the home it's the markets are less homogeneous today and and so you have to deal with more demands and and better prices and all of the uh, complaints that customers have so how you know how do you you want an organization that can can handle that as well i believe it starts with your people because that liberation will flow off into how to make clients a market unit of one, which they are in these days. And um, 
you know how to how to start treating them like like how to show them that that you're um, obsessive about their needs. Yeah, when you're talking about their needs, you know, I think a lot of employees today are realizing, especially in the U.S. right now, oh, my gosh, i got to go back to work. I've got to change my, the structure of my day. I've gotten used to working from home and, and being available and, and have some flexibility. Uh, and now they're having to prepare to go back to work. And so I think, you know, from that perspective, being able to provide leadership and trust even going back into this new world will be really important saying we trust that you need some time away from the office working from home and you need to be here sometimes for specific reasons but it's not imperative that you always have to come back to the office no. um, and, and that really starts as you talked about uh, from a cultural perspective and giving trust back continuing to give trust back to your employees in a way that empowers them and makes them feel uh, you know, like they have control of their own destiny within an organization, opposed to being you know, told what to do, uh, sort of speak. Yeah. You know, this is all this is all great, and it's uh, it's fine, but it's and it's theoretical in nature. But it really is an important topic today because we're about to get there. I mean, we're here in Ontario; we're still under lockdown. Forty-five percent of the population has been vaccinated one time, and you know, I'm also a, a professor at two colleges. And we are not going back to in-class teaching in the fall. We are going to be teaching again through Zoom and other places. However, the decision has not been made for next January, right? And so how they adapt for that is going to be very interesting to protect me as an employee within a college as well uh, from students. You know, students today, I'm teaching online, and they, are, they can't get to Canada. So I have students this week. I taught uh, the summer program at Centennial College teaching a strategic marketing course. And I've got 20 students, which is a lot less than the normal because they can't get here, but more than half of them aren't here. They're in India or they're in uh, South America or they're in Russia. And I have to teach them um, from here and try to connect with them through these channels. And um, you know, they're not, they're not live and it's difficult for them. They're struggling, these, these students. But also now when we come back to the work world, in January or in the summer next year, and we're teaching in front of them, what is the college going to do to prepare us to teach in front of them? And are they going to still allow for this kind of teaching online as a kind of a hybrid situation? And I think they're going to adapt. I'm not, I'm not positive, but my belief is they're going to adapt for that situation. So it kind of extends to other companies as well. You know? They have to adapt, Ron. And, and what you're talking about, and you've said it, you're saying it yourself, what you said before, is that change is coming so quickly you know we're looking forward to being back on and we're off now and we we went off so quickly and and now the vaccinations it's all it's all uncharted waters you know for everybody so imagine the ceo having to you know guide the ship through these waters and all i'm saying is start with sharing that with everybody else they're just simple words and and relax and so now you're focused on being the coach and helping those people become what you know they can be and that that's a great job for the ceo and if he 
unleashes all of that power, then then his job in this ever changing world is going to be a lot easier because he's got everybody else working with him side by side, liberated, not empowered to to be who those. And there are a lot of great kids out there now who who get it at an early age that you can be trusted to achieve the mission we set out and join with us. Anyway, I think the people part is the place to start in the culture of innovation, but it, as obviously the, the CEO's commitment to it is critical. And then there are the tools to help with the people getting the right environment and organizational processes and to help with the client side and the strategy side, because it's going to trickle down and affect affect everything. And you want to be able to keep functioning quickly at, at all of these uh, uh, aspects of it. But it doesn't change the fact that Lou Greshner, who ran IBM in his heyday, in IBM's heyday, yeah. said, you know, fine. he learned that in the first six months of being at the new IBM, that uh, finance and uh, marketing and IT were not were not the most important uh, elements. It, it was culture. It was the only element that was critical. And so you've got to start thinking about culture and the culture of innovation. And obviously, you have your vision and your mission and your goals and objectives measurements, but you also need to be able to function at those other levels daily, quickly, instantaneously. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely for sure. Yeah. And that's that's the challenge. And to me, that's the culture of innovation is going to get us to that place. And the day-to-day examples of it are kind of astounding, starting with the changes in society. I mean, societal changes it was incredible to me, Ron, not incredible, but understandable, that uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, CDC has said, now you don't have to wear masks if you've been vaccinated. Okay, but having said that, now it goes down to the companies. A lot of people are breathing a sigh of relief in the States, but yet there are three or six companies that have been noted who are still continuing with their mask wearing. I mean, even companies have to deal with these protocols even. And and there are some who have decided not, not to follow them for their own strategic business reasons, I'm sure. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's filtering down to everybody, to everything. You know, it's interesting is last summer, a lot of organizations were thinking they were going back and they gave the choice to their employees to go back to the office and they set up partitions and glass and sanitation everywhere and masks everywhere. And they gave them the choice to go back. And the reality was a lot of people said, I don't want to go back. I'm not feeling comfortable right now. And I think, yeah. I think they have have to feel comfortable so even when we come out of this right now i think we're going to we're going to find that a lot of people are going to still wear their masks you know because they realize that we have a 
variant of concern right now out there. And that variant, uh, we're not sure what's going to happen with it. And if we have yeah. to get multiple vaccinated, I mean, they don't, they're not, they don't know. So, uh, you know, with that in, in itself, I, I think it's causing some uncertainty amongst everybody. And, yeah, and the so that's, I think that the changes are going to come so quickly that the new normal is going to be the new normal forever. Yes. <laughs> I talk later about the old normal later much later but it's going to be new normal new normal new normal and i the only point i was making about the u.s making this decision on mass is that it does filter down to each company in the u.s and um it sure does you know and i, I also think that this idea of change uh, one thing that is constant is change <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah, and that's always but, been the case, but it's really the case right now. So, and how about a company, no matter what product or service you're selling, that can adapt to these changes so quickly that they they can have a mask policy out the same day that the CDC says no more masks? Just as an example, I mean, I I applaud them for for their for their proactive uh, stance and I'm sure it works for them but there are companies out there who are also doing it right and they're going to be the big stock market winners and um, you know I like the fact that Amazon uh, and and this is because of Bezos and his management philosophies um, calls their employees associates you know I think they have team leaders as well but they they are trying to in, ingrain this feeling of being uh, the CEO and acting like the CEO, and I'm sure they're getting it. I would ask you a question, Liz. So, though you've been the senior leader of one of the large, well, the largest agency, advertising agency in Canada, uh, BBDO, and before that, it was McKim Advertising. And let's say you were there now at BBDO and still in your former role. Uh, what would you think, or what would you practically be doing right now with the employees to get them ready for uh, what's coming up in the next six months to a year? What would you do, actually do? Yeah, I'd, I'd be, I'm more sure than ever, Ron. I've done this before and I've made mistakes. Yeah. But I'm more sure than ever than right now, I would be trying to guide the company towards being serious about a culture, not just one of those crazy off-sites where you go and waste a weekend, agree on a lot of things, and then never get them done. But but a real understanding of, of what culture is to start with and why an organization that, that has the culture that's envisioned by this group is going to, uh, is going to be able to compete. So that's where I would, I would start with the CEO. I mean, I've always been next to the CEO. I was chief operating officer, chief financial officer, but I always worked daily with the CEO. I would try to convince him that this is the kind of culture we need to develop. And if, if I could convince him, then he and I could convince the others and together kind of create a management team that buys into the same same idea and from there 
you expand them. But that first phase isn't easy in and of itself. That, that one is not oh. just theoretical. You need to you need to manifest that. And really, there are a lot of senior leaders who have written about there are a lot of people like John Wooden in in the US coach for one of the most beloved coaches like Lombardi have um, have done it and all of them say their success only came because they listened to their people cared about their people and um, I mean even Mother Teresa believes that if I can bring her into a, a business conversation but that that's the whole point. Business had better learn because women are coming and and so are uh, blacks, Hispanics, and Chinese. And these people bring with them a different way of, uh, of leading, a more human way of leading. I think that that's going to be an impetus for it, you know. I, you know, we're going to see firsthand how Kamala Harris does in the States. And I think that's going to open up people's minds and hearts down there and companies already. They started to, even the media and, and the, the shows we watch on Netflix have started to change and the leading people now. There yeah, are more. Absolutely. Yeah. One, once. And now there are a lot more. Uh, black heroes that we can relate to. Yeah, I, think, I, just, think, I think it's a long time coming, and I think it was, it's fabulous that Kamala Harris is in that role because she's now a uh, young uh, African-American girls can see and aspire to be in those kind of roles and feel there's equity and um, there's still issues down there, but at least they're you know, the head of the whole thing is or second to the top is someone in, uh, who's an African-American, I think is wonderful. Um, so I, I think you're absolutely right that, that, that that's a shift in a cultural change right now. It happened during this pandemic. Um, it was fueled by inequity and fueled by um, some bad things that happened with the George Floyd situation. And, um, you know, I think it's all kind of wrapped around what's happening right now. And it's got, it got, it's uh, it's it's all some ways a good thing because it should have happened a long time ago, um, from my perspective. Um, so well, for me, the exciting part, Ron, is that for CEOs who get it, for those guys, it it'll be an exciting, wonderful experience. But they've got to get it. They've got to say yes. That's the way I want to do it. And they've got to start being open to letting go of conventional ideas and and introducing unconventional ideas not unconventional in uh, you know irresponsible but unconventional in that the conventional isn't working anymore yeah well you know because, Lou, uh, this is all really great and i think we're going to have some more discussions coming down the road we're getting near our end of our 30 minutes here that we have for our podcast um, and I think, uh, you know, our new podcast series is going to the next stage of this new normal. Um, we're going to be talking with other leaders and, and entrepreneurs and uh, coaches that uh, really understand uh, and can provide some value to you out there uh, with your business and provide some next steps. 
And we also, you know, at Branded, uh, Lou and I can be reached. Uh, you can go to brandedstories.org and check us out. Uh, you can set up a time if you want to talk further. We're here for you to talk about this new normal and how to shift your organization strategically uh, and how to, you know, really jumpstart your business out of the doldrums that are happening with, with our lockdown right now. So uh, I want to thank you again, Lou, for uh, uh, being our co-host here and providing some great strategic context around our discussions for the future. Uh, is there anything else you want to kind of leave everybody with before we sign off today? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. Listen, uh, we'll be talking and chatting with you soon. And, okay, uh, yeah, bye for now, Lou. Thanks.